welcome to the Enhanced Living Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Kruger. I believe that we all have within us the power to be everything that we are meant to be and so much more. This show is a weekly dose of practical and spiritual principles, strategies, tips, and ideas to help you grow into the best version of yourself. Here's to becoming exactly who you were meant to become. I've been called a human Swiss army knife because I'm a TV host, inspirational speaker and coach, live event MC and DJ, certified yoga and Ayurveda teacher, functional fitness enthusiast, author, husband, and dad with a voracious appetite for knowledge. And I'll be sharing real talks with successful people from all walks of life, spiritual teachers and masters and experts in many different fields. I'll also share my own perspective that I've gained from over 20 years of diligent meditation and spiritual work so we can all experience enhanced living. Are you ready to evolve? Let's do this. Welcome back. So if you've been listening to the show for a while now, then you know that meditation is a huge part of my life. And I've led so many different classes and courses, and I've had a lot of fun meeting amazing individuals throughout all these amazing experiences that I've had. And one person in particular who I had the most amazing pleasure of meeting and working with and learning from as well is joining me on the show today. Now, she is an inventor. She's an author. She's an entrepreneur. She's the host of her own podcast. She's the president of the LA chapter of Entrepreneurs Organization. She is the most wonderful human being with a mission to do as much good in this world as she possibly can. And she's a meditator and she is, she's honestly phenomenal. I would love to welcome to the show right now, Kalika Yap. Kalika, thank you so much for being here with me today. Adam, I'm so incredibly grateful for this time with you. Thank you so much for creating this podcast. Thank you for serving the world. And I'm so excited to be here. Ah, it's it's such a pleasure to have you on. I mean, you, for those of you who aren't familiar with Kalika, she invented the LuxLink, which if you've ever been to a restaurant or whatever and you've seen, uh, there, there we go. If you're watching on YouTube right now, she's got it right here. It's that little hook that hangs on the back of the chair where you can hang your purse and it won't go on the floor. And yes. so now, Kalika, you invented this. How, first of all, let's, let's, before we get into anything etheric and, and wonderful about evolution, I want to know, how did you, how did you come up with the idea to invent this, this LuxLink? And, and what was that journey like for you? As you know, everything really starts off with a belief and a belief that was instilled from me from when I was really, really young was from my grandma, who basically said, Purse on the floor means money out the door. If you put your purse on the floor, it means you're going to lose money. And so since she told me that, I've always been really freaked out about putting my purse on the floor. Not only is it dirty, but it was really that superstition that really catapulted me into creating this. I had never seen anything like this invention that I had, except when I went to the Malfi Coast for my friend's wedding. And one of the proprietors at this restaurant that I was at, I had this, my, I put my big bag right in the middle of the table. She grabbed it and put, gave me this gigantic hook. It was like, it looks like a J hook. I wish I had a copy of it. It was a gigantic hook. And she put my purse on the table and I think, oh my God, this is genius, but it was really too big. And so I went on this journey to be able to create it so that it was really small, the size of like a half dollar. And guess the rest is history. <laughs> That's, I mean, first of all, I, I, I love that the, the idea that sparked this amazing invention for you was based on a superstition. 
purse on the floor, money out the door. Now, obviously, as a guy, I've never really heard that because I don't carry a purse. Not that I wouldn't because I think they're useful. And it's, you know, sometimes having everything in your pockets can be kind of cumbersome. But at the end of the day, it was a superstition that drove you to this, this amazing idea. So can we talk really quickly about how certain ideas or certain, you know, thoughts behind what may or may not possibly happen can drive you to create something new? I really believe that if you're an entrepreneur with an idea, there are some ideas that just seize you. And this idea of this person, I already had my other, my first company already. And so coming up with an idea of, and then coming up with another company was something that was not in my cards, so to speak, because I already knew how difficult it was to have one company, but there's some, there are just some things where it's just like, gosh, and and the idea of this was, is so simple. And then after I created it, people were like, oh my God, I had the same idea. So I really believe that there are a lot of ideas out there. We're grabbing them from the universe, but it definitely takes a lot to bring them and birth them into life and execute it. It's so true. I mean, I think I think the the key thing that you're talking about here is execution. I mean, so many people have ideas, but most people lack the the drive and the vision to actually execute the ideas. What makes you different? What what is it that made you go, "No, I have to do this. Let's make it happen." Well, I think it was that, you know, driving superstition and I definitely had a vision that I wanted every girl to have a, a purse hook. That's what my vision was. What I should have been clearer was I wish every woman had a Luxley purse hook because after my invention came out, there were so many knockoffs. It's thank goodness that I have worldwide patents on this hook. But I think that your intention, you were talking earlier about intention during our meditation prior to this podcast, Mm -hmm. setting intention is really, really important. My intention was for every girl to have a purse hook. And it was one of the top best selling items on like Red Envelope and a whole bunch of other sites the first year that it came out. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's so amazing. Now, obviously you're an entrepreneur and being an entrepreneur is something that it's not for the weak, is it? (laughs) It's a marathon, not a sprint. Absolutely. And I also think of entrepreneurship as a spiritual journey as well, too, because it will push and pull and just you're constantly just, I think, reinventing yourself and rebirthing yourself. It's it's not for the fate of heart, but I really, really advise people to take that path because you can grow as a human being, unlike other professions. It's very <laughs> difficult. I agree. I, I really do, because I, I think that it's something where it's it's born in you. You can look at your alternatives and be like, well, okay, I can I can work and work 80 hours a week to make someone else's dreams come true, or I can do the same thing to make my dreams come true. And I think the difference is, is whether you believe in yourself or not. So obviously you believe in yourself because you wouldn't have, I mean, you've also written the little brand book. Can we talk a little bit about, about the book and, and the sure. process of actually even, look, I mean, even completing a book out there for anyone who's never even attempted it. Just writing a book is is a huge accomplishment. If you had done nothing else, I would still be like, oh my God, wow. Because I've also written a book and it is hard. It's a lot of work. So talk to me a little bit about the Little Brand book, how that came into existence and what your process was like. How this came about was, again, going back to intention. My goal in 2016 was to help a million entrepreneurs get a million dollars in revenue at a minimum, and create a million jobs. And so 
in order for me to be able to affect that type of change, I had to figure out like, what can I do? What is my sweet spot, right? That sweet spot, they call it what, Ikaiga, where your passion meets your skills so that you can help bring this to the world. And so I really believe that everyone falls within 12 core archetypes, but there is a major and a minor. And so this book was because of that dream to help more people. And I think that's what drove me to write the book. And it's been really fantastic. I also had the intention to have it be a a bestseller. So it was a bestseller. It was like number one on Amazon under entrepreneurship and as a new, new release. So I'm very, very excited. A million entrepreneurs to create a million dollars of revenue, at least to create a million jobs. That's like your million by million by million. And, and I think that that's something that's so inspiring. So many people will get into business for themselves because they're like, I want to be wealthy. I want to, I want to create a, 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 a fortune. I want to have a yacht and 17 cars and a 50,000 square foot home and all the, all that stuff. And, and that's wonderful. There is nothing wrong with having things and there is nothing wrong with experiencing the wealth that you're creating, but to set out an intention to create that kind of wealth for others, that's super, super special. Where did that stem from in you? I attended the Entrepreneur's Master's Program at MIT through EO, the Entrepreneur's Organization, and they challenged us to say, you know, how can you live your legacy today? You know what it was? There was an exercise that they gave and they put out a grid of paper, right? It was like, I think a hundred squares. And they asked us to fill in how many years we've lived. And then you realize how many more, there's very few squares left because, you know, the average person lives, what, 75 to 85? Do you know what the longevity is? Well, currently, yeah, it's, it's exactly right there. It's between, I think it's, I think it's like 78 to 82, something along those lines. Yeah. Unless like they're you or Sharice who take (laughs) care of themselves, you know, but it stopped me cold because I'm, you're thinking like, oh yeah, you know, I'm happy, you know, I've accomplished, you know, every, you know, a lot of achievement behind it, but what are you going to do for the rest of your life to be able to make an impact? And also how can you live your legacy now rather than leave your legacy? Because my whole big thing was like, I'm going to leave a legacy. I'm going to leave a legacy for my family, my friends and the future generations. But what about now? What about all the people that you could help? What about helping people learn from all the suffering that you had? I've had a lot of suffering for the past 21 years being an entrepreneur. Can I share some of that so that they can at least get inspired so that they can also take this journey? Because this is what I really believe. I believe that abundance and wealth is on everyone's bucket list. It has to be because it's part of survival. And then so once they've reached that abundance, I'm hopeful that they'll turn and learn how to serve other people as well, too. Hopefully they could do it at the same time, because I really love working with companies that are purpose driven. Mm -hmm. But, you know. It's true. Like in the beginning, when I started, I always just like, oh, I mean, I, I started nothing. Like I, when I started my business, I mean, I could just share my story. Like I was a journalist. I moved to California to be with my boyfriend. He broke up with me. I had no car, no job. I was on unemployment and couch surfing. I was at one point living on a boat <laughs> and taking baths at a public shower in Marina del Rey. So I know what it was. it's like to have nothing, to get paid $6 an hour under the table, you know, making coffee and going door to door selling web posting. So like I've been there and I, I thought to myself like, yeah, it would be great, you know, to be able to afford these things. But then after a while, after you afford these things, then you realize that it's really all 
what, what we're after for is that that feeling of contentment, you know, and, you know, maybe they want that boat because they want to feel something. Maybe they want it to entertain. I don't know, but it's really money can't really buy us anything. It, it, it's really the the contentment that we're really looking for and seeking. That makes perfect sense. I always say that if you place your happiness on external things, whether it's the car, the house, the whatever it is, that's it's fleeting because the car will break down eventually. The house will need to be repaired. All those different things, they're transient. They will disappear into dust. But what doesn't disappear is our soul, our nature, our internal life. And if you can find that happiness within and create that for yourself, because happiness is a choice, then it, it can never be taken from you. If you just choose to be happy, nobody can change that. Nobody. And I do believe that spiritual people can be extremely abundant. I think that that is a myth. You know, I think a lot of times people think, you know, there's those scriptures in the Bible that say that a rich person won't be able to get through what, like that needle or something like that. Like <laughs> right, a, yes. a camel could go through it. But to clarify, it's the love of money that will not allow you to get into the to freedom. So there's nothing wrong with money. You know, there's so many people who are abundant and who are doing a lot of great things, but they don't have a love for it. You know, they use their money and their philanthropy. It's for philanthropy. They, they use it for good. And that's what I just wish for all the people who are listening to your enhanced podcast website. Like just because we're spiritual or just because we live in different dimensions doesn't mean that we can need to suffer in this material world that we have. I couldn't agree more. I think wealth is wonderful. Again, it's it's about where you split your happiness, right? So for me personally, I am all about having as much wonderful things as possible, but while also sharing and creating that sort of wealth for other people, which is exactly what you what you set out to do with your your one million, one million, one million, right? And so I want to circle back real quick because you said you are at one point living on $6 an hour under the table, taking showers in public restrooms, you know, so you, you went literally rags to riches. You've, you've experienced the whole gamut of it. So if anyone would know, it's you. And I know that recently you were asked, what would you do if you lost everything? For those who are listening to my listeners right now, who don't know what your answer was, I, I want to, I want to pose the same question. What would you do if you lost everything? If I lost everything, the first thing I would do is say, thank you. Because I really believe that the creative wisdom cannot percolate, can, cannot be birthed if it's not within a place of gratitude. Mm -hmm. And I think that when I lost everything, I actually gained so much because it was like a clean slate for me. It was like a clean notebook paper. You know, I love notebooks. <laughs> when you open it, turn it, and then it's just nice and open and nice and clear. It was like a fresh start. And it was a blessing. And so that's what I would do. I would say, thank you. Yeah, coming from a place of gratitude is so huge. You're 100% right on that. As, as far as I'm concerned, at least, everything springs from gratitude. And if you come from a place of gratitude, you cannot fail. It's not possible. It's just not. Because the, the energy that comes from gratitude is, is a winning energy. As you say thank you, you get more to be thankful for. And that's just the way that the universe works. Those are universal laws. That's not, that's not yes. mumbo jumbo. That's just universal mm -hmm. law right there. So you are an entrepreneur who comes from a, a place of gratitude, yet you still experience the stresses of everyday life. I mean, there's, you know, financial reports, there's, you know, creating things, there's running the business, there's this, you were named in the top 10 of 
under 10, as in top 10 businesses with under 10 employees, right? Is that... Am oh, I, yeah, 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 yeah. Microsoft. Yeah, for one of my businesses. Yes, yes, right? yes, yes, yes. So one of my businesses. My, this is yes. my point is that you've been running all these different companies and successfully at that. How do you manage the stress that comes inevitably with running a company or several of them? I think that I spend a lot of time in reflection a lot and I do that daily. I think my secret is I don't like to make the same mistake twice. I was like engaged, like I think when I was 19 and I was with like a playboy type of person. And I told him, I don't know how it came to me. I'm just like, I'm never going to make this mistake again. I'm never going to find someone who was like a playboy. He was like a minor league baseball player or whatever. And like very popular. Now he's a senator in Guam, whatever. But <laughs> I, I never wanted to do that. And so it started with that. There was this one time that I was in a parking lot and I didn't have cash. Don't you hate that? Like when the mm. parking lots only accept cash. <laughs> <laughs> I had no cash. And so I was stuck. I, everyone had to back out. And, and I, like, I didn't ever want to experience that again. So now I always keep $100 of cash everywhere, like in my purse, in my car, because I never want to experience it. I lose my keys, but I will only lose it once. So now I have a place for it. And so when you are, when you have that type of system or that type of framework to work with, you don't want to make that same mistake. And you think to yourself, like, I don't want to experience that again. I've already experienced it once. I've already experienced poverty once. I've already experienced this once. I don't want to do it again. What can I do? And so that I think is the foundation of how I run everything. So it's these little things that I do because once you free up these quote mistakes, so much time opens up. Like a lot of people are surprised at how much time I have. <laughs> They're like, you have so much time. Like I do, I really have so much time because I'm not making the same mistake. I love that you used quote mistakes because I, yeah. if, I, if I'm picking up what you're putting down right now and I believe that I am, you don't yeah. believe there are mistakes. They're all learning experiences. Am I right? Yes, you are a teacher. Yes, 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 that <laughs> so, is true. I think that's a wonderful thing because we are doomed to repeat the same mistakes over and over and over again until we learn from them. And mm -hmm. you've made a conscious decision to say, you know what? I don't mind making the mistakes. That's cool. This is great. I'm, I'm learning from this, but I will never make the same mistake again. Right. And that's, that takes a massive amount of awareness. How do you cultivate that? I started actively meditate. I know you've been a meditator for decades, but I actively has, have been meditating since 2016. But even before that, I think that there is a level of awareness of, of observation of myself. Um, like I was bullied when I was like in seventh grade, you know, because I was, you know, I just wasn't aware of like my appearance or, or, or how I was. And so if people are reacting to me, you know, because I look weird or I'm not shampooing my hair or whatever I was doing in seventh grade, you know, had this weird perm. I had to do something about it because you realize that you are not alone in this universe. You're here and you're causing reaction to someone else. And then when you're seeing that reaction, you can do something. If someone is upset at you, you can, you can turn the mirror back to you and say like, what can I do to prevent that from happening again? So I definitely think that we are here to learn and be happy. I think that's <laughs> I, I, I couldn't agree with you more as far as that goes. I, I, I take notes as we go because there's always, you know, certain pertinent points that I, I don't want to miss. And so you had said self-reflection is basically is is the thing, right? It's about it's about looking internally and going, okay, how can I change what's going on with me 
to increase or improve my circumstances. And I truly believe in any relationship, in any, in anything in life, really, the only thing that we have control over is our reactions, our beliefs, our feelings, our self-talk, the things that we do internally. That's all we have control over, really. Because the world's going to happen. Things are going to happen in the world. People are going to get upset for whatever they're upset for. But at the end of the day, all we can really look at is, okay, well, how do I fix myself? How do I become more aware, compassionate, caring, whatever it is that you need to kind of improve on? And that's something that you kind of inherently just sort of picked up when you were a kid. You're like, I'm being bullied. Well, how do I fix myself? Most Mm -hmm. people would lash out and be like, well, I'm being treated unfairly and it's not my fault and so on and so forth. Or they would blame themselves for whatever. But you kind of already had the the wisdom at that age to kind of be like, well, all right, well, what do I do to fix this for myself? I mean, because to me, that's not a thing that happens often. Most people don't have the awareness or the ability to kind of flip it and flip it on themselves as opposed to just getting angry at the world or acting out or doing something crazy. What do you attribute that to? It comes from pain. I remember I was in the bus and that these two girls wouldn't let me go through. And then, so I went underneath their arms because they wouldn't let me out of the bus. And for like about a a mile, they were taunting me Two two girls taunting me, you know, as I was walking really painful. And again, I don't want to feel that pain. Like I don't want to feel that pain. And I'm thinking, why are they, why are they treating me like this? There must be something that is causing that, you know, and then, you know, fast forward in eighth grade, I became like one of the most popular girls in eighth grade and and ended up dating like, like one of the most popular boys, which now I'm thinking myself like, gosh, I wish I, I continued to be, you know, stay as, as, you know, they named me like the brain. They named me like, cause I was getting straight A's. I was that girl who was doing the film projector in the library. I was getting, I was perfect attendance, you know, and then I sort of brought that down. And like, now I regret that, you know, because I wanted to be popular, but it is what it is. It was part of the journey, but I didn't want to feel the pain, Adam. I didn't. I understand that. I understand that wholeheartedly. And it, it's it's funny because I, I recently did an episode of the show where I was talking about don't diminish your light. Don't dumb yourself down. Don't dull yourself to fit in with others. And and it's something where I was saying that even, even as a kid, I did it myself. We all sort of do it to fit in. And then yeah. we look back and go, why was I doing that? And I think that at the end of the day, we all just want acceptance. We want love. We want to have the ability to avoid that pain, which is what you said. But at the end of the day, you are also able to turn that into something beautiful where you've succeeded now. You've, you've, you've created inventions. You've, you, or you invented an amazing product. You have started and run amazing companies. You've written a book. You are hosting a podcast, which by the way, for anyone listening right now, uh, for all my listeners, you should definitely check out the Wonder Podcast. Uh, it's put on by the Entrepreneurs Organization. Kalika is the host of that show. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. You can find it on all the podcast players. I highly recommend you check it out because especially if you're an entrepreneur yourself, she's got massive amounts of wisdom that she is putting out there for people. And, 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 you know, Kalika is just a wonderful person to listen to period. So a check out her podcast for sure. But now I want to add a second layer onto this or a second, a 27th layer onto this, because you're, you're also the president of the LA chapter of the entrepreneurs. Former. I was president Former. in 2018, but now I'm like on the global anyway, I'm a little bit higher level, but Yes. So, well, okay. So yeah. you've, you've even gone further, but you also have, you know, you're married, you have two kids, two daughters at that, ah. <laughs> you know, how do you do it all? I think it comes down to 
again, that that intention. When everything hit with COVID, it was really, really uh, devastating. I, I think everyone had issues with it because it's just not what you expect. And for me, like my intention was, how can I create a peaceful household now that things are, everyone is coming together in the same place. And that was my intention. How can I create peace? How can I create this place so that it's a sanctuary? And then you realize like, okay, what is causing angst? Okay. I, we don't have anyone to help come clean the house. And I mean, it sounds like really terrible, but we didn't have anyone to clean. So I got a little robot to like clean our little place. I remember like just getting the chores done was always it brought me angst. And so now everything is listed down. I think it comes down to communication and it comes down to education. And I think that this is just such an amazing opportunity to be with our family and be with my kids because they never learned how to do chores before. And they're 11 and 13, and now they know how to do chores. And I think that if you model the behavior that they want, I think that you'll see that, you know, like they're meditating five minutes a, a day. You know, But a lot of it, it comes down to like, are you showing that type of behavior? Mm-hmm. You know, you have to, because they'll follow what you do, not what you say, as you know, but you are such amazing models for your son. And I'm so happy that, you know, he's learning from you because there are other people who, you know, aren't as, as blessed. So, well, thank you. That's, that's so kind of you. I mean, I, I, I personally, you know, I'll, I'll tell you straight up and I've, my listeners know this too. It's far from perfect. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, we, it's crazy for everybody at this point in time, even, even if it, I wonder how people without a daily practice, without a meditation practice are handling things because I know personally for me that just the, the daily routine of meditation, mm-hmm. introspection, awareness, reflection, all of that has helped me kind of deal with things in real time and not blow up as much. And even with all that, I still, we still have these emotions, these feelings that come up. And I just can't even imagine what it's like for people who don't have that. Are you medicating? Are you like, what are you doing right now? And the second question is, is like, is that even healthy? And so, you know, you, you brought up meditation and you've been meditating since 2016 and by the way, don't ever diminish that. That's no small thing. Even if you were just started meditating now for three minutes a day, that's huge. So obviously, I know that this has helped you in in big ways, and I and I I've I've had the good fortune of being able to be on several calls with you through meditation and and just you know learning from different teachers. And that's one of the things that I think a lot of people forget. Like, yes, I teach meditation. Yes, I coach people in that in that realm and in that capacity. But that doesn't mean that I've stopped learning. For me, the ability to go and be with other meditation teachers and other people who are coaching and to be able to bring that in for myself is so huge and so important. And so I guess what I want to want to what I'm getting at here is what would you say to my listeners right now if they're looking to start some kind of practice or they're looking to start some kind of business? What's the biggest piece of advice you could give them right now? So I started meditating, re, I guess, re-meditating, going back to my practice, because I started meditating in my 20s. And then, you know, again, from the Entrepreneur's Master's Program, they said, what is one thing, what is one habit that you can have that will change your life? And so I was thinking to myself, like, okay, well, maybe I can ask for more referrals for my clients, or maybe it was very, very superficial, or maybe I could, you know, be, I don't know, be nicer or exercise more. Or whatever. But then I realized that if you're centered, everything else 
will be clear. So meditation is the first domino to, I think, like a very expansive life. If you, if you can just do that one thing, it will lead you down a path that is so exciting and so much different from where you are today. If what's happening today is working for you, then continue doing it. But if it's not, do you want to be in the same place in three years? I certainly didn't because I was stressed out. Meditation has helped center me. And what's crazy is that I've accomplished probably more in the times that I slow down than my prior, my prior decades of, of entrepreneurship. So you slow down to go fast. I mean, that's, that's, no, that's beautiful because it's so, so counterintuitive. You'd think that, no, 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 I've got to get it all done and, and, and run, 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 run. But it's not about that. It's about breathing into it. And it's about realizing, hey, I just had this inspired thought to do whatever this is. And it's about having the courage to go, okay, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it now. Not, oh, well, maybe, because then the maybe turns into maybe tomorrow, and then the maybe tomorrow turns into never, right? So I, I feel like as as a person of action yourself, right, you set an intention and you make it happen. And, and that's reflected even with COVID. You're, you're sitting at home and you're going, okay, my intention is to create a harmonious environment for my family. Go. And so you, and, mm-hmm. and you, and you literally did, you've now got your kids meditating, they're doing chores. So that's so inspiring. I mean, it really is. And I think that from we're not perfect. And so I'm very good at apologizing, you know, mm-hmm. because there's sometimes when you're just like, Ooh, like I probably shouldn't have said that in that tone, you know, like it sounds a little harsh, you know, or they'll say something like, or you're not, li- you know, you're not listening, you know, cause then you're in the middle of something when they, they come in <laughs> and you have, you have to just apologize, you know, like, I know that there are a lot of people who don't like to apologize. I'm getting really good at apologizing a lot. That's, you know, that's a really good point. I know a lot of people who are like, well, I run a multi-million dollar company. I apologize to no one. And I'm like, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. But emotionally, you're a bit stunted. Being able to being able to apologize is a sign of strength. A lot of people see it as weakness. It's like, don't don't admit your mistakes. And it's like, no, own your mistakes, own them, apologize for them and then move on and then do better. You know, you yeah. Know, and see- do better. That is the thing. Like, try not to do it again. You know, it's difficult. You happen to be the queen of that, apparently, because you're able to, you know, experience something and you're like, I'm not going to make that mistake again. And and mm-hmm. clearly you haven't. And that's that's a beautiful thing. I mean, we've all been in the situation where someone does something to us. You call them out on it. They apologize. And then what happens? Uh, they do it again. And then they apologize. And then they do it again. And then eventually that apology means nothing because right. they're just saying sorry to make the the bad stimulus go away, but then they're going to continue with the same actions. And so it's the same thing. You've got to do that for yourself. If you make a mistake, go, okay, I forgive myself. Now let me move on and not make this mistake again. That's the, that's the key right there. Right. And go back to, and then you'll see like, I mean, yesterday, what happened with my, my daughter, it's folding clothes. And when she was folding clothes, she basically folds, like she put it, my my t-shirt on top of my dad's, her dad's t-shirt on her for her sister's t-shirt. I'm just like, well, that they're all t-shirts, but I was trying to teach her like how to recategorize, you know, and and you could tell she was just like, like, what do you mean? Like, I don't understand. Like, how do you, what do you mean categorize? Like, to me, it's just like, you know, our clothes, (laughs) 
my clothes should be together. Dad's clothes should be together. Your sister's clothes should be. Anyway, and then she could tell her friends. And then, you know, I just gave her a really big hug. And then you can just feel like she just melted. So she was just like, oh, you know, like she just needed that, that hug. I'm like, and I'm like, you're doing so good, you know we're just, I'm just trying to, you know, teach you, you know, and, uh, she, she eased up. So it, it, it was really nice, you know, or I, I could have been like, what do you mean? Are you stupid? You know, like, duh, like it's about <laughs> celebrating the little wins, right? Cause she yeah. still folded the laundry. Yeah, we still did that. So you have to celebrate the wins. I mean, even with one of my clients right now, they were supposed to do something specific over the course of the week. And then we got on our next call and I was like, so how did it go? And I said, you know, you always can, you know, reach out during the week if you're having issues. And they were like, well, you know, to be honest, I I did this and I did that and I didn't do this. And I'm like, okay, fine. But you did this part. Mm -hmm. Pat yourself on the back for that because celebrate the wins and then forgive yourself for the losses, but then move on and do better. It's always about trying to do better. So I want to know what's, what's lighting you up right now. What's got you super jazzed, super jazzed. I always say that super jazzed. That's a weird (laughs) thing to say. What's got you excited about, about. Well, you must love music. (laughs) I do. I do love music. Mm -hmm. So I've been trying to improve my memory. Yeah. That's the one thing that I've thought I could work on. Because I think that we rely so much on like our digital devices. So I've just finished reading Jim Quick's book, Limitless. Mm. And so there's some fantastic tips. So I've been listening to Baroque music and I've been placing rosemary on my pulse, you know, because apparently like, like sensory, like smell can bring back memory because I, and again, and I, I, I'm trying to take on memory because I'm taking the science of life and breath course where they're requiring you to memorize all these meditations. And I was thinking myself like, how am I going to memorize like thousands of thousands of words and like they're doing it. And so the reason why I'm trying to improve my memory so that I could learn these meditations by heart so that you could really relax into it rather than me, like reading the affirmations. So I'm really excited about expanding my memory because you always have those things like, Oh, you know, like I have a bad mind. Like you tell these things in your mind, like, Oh, self-talk. I could never memorize that. Like, you know, we don't memorize people's telephone numbers anymore. Mm-hmm. And so how can we expand our brain to be able, because that's really what our brain is for, right? Not to like tell us bad things. This is what our brain is for to actually help you remember not to gossip, you know, <laughs> not not to do weird things. It's supposed to help you. So that's what I'm excited about. How about you? What are you that's, working on? That's amazing. Oh, I love, I love the question. Yeah. Um, no. So I, I just want, but I will say that, but before I do, I want to address something real quick because Eckhart Tolle, he, he talks about how, you know, your awareness is really who you are. The, the witness, right? The silent awareness behind everything, the space within which all the things occur within your consciousness. Right. And the thought is, or the the theory is that your mind is actually a tool that should be used yes. for your benefit and to help, yes. which is exactly what you just said, as yes. opposed to gossiping or talking negatively about people, which is the same thing, but you know, or, or even, or that negative self-talk that comes in, that's not supposed to be there. There's, there's that saying, don't believe everything you think, yes. you know? And yeah. so, so I just, I love, I love that you're working on, on creating that memory or mind as a tool for you to keep moving forward. And that's something that we can all learn from. 
For me personally, I'm excited about the new meditation and mindfulness for productivity with businesses course we're doing right now. My wife and I are offering, uh, you know, weekly meditations for company employees so that they can increase their productivity, increase their wellness, increase their, their internal peace so that they can be more efficient, more productive in their life and at their jobs. And so it's been going really, really wonderfully. And we're so excited about that. So thank you for asking, but that's, yeah. And your relationship course, right? Aren't you doing this? Yes. Yes. Sharice and I are going to be, yeah, (laughs) I love that. We, we spoke about it and I'm, I'm so, I'm so funny about self-promotion, but um, yes, Sharice and I are also creating a, it's actually a two-tiered program that we're going to be doing where there's going to be one that can be literally accessed by anybody who wants it. We're going to create a series of videos that people can actually log on to. It's, it's, uh, it's about a month long course where we're going to discuss specific aspects of the relationship and how you can improve your relationship with communication, service, love, respect, trust, all these different aspects of the relationship. Then there's going to be the tier up for people who are really interested in going further. They'll have access to us specifically like live on, on, on calls on a, on an ongoing weekly basis. So we're really excited about launching that too. And that's, that's coming soon. It's not, it's not launched yet, but the, um, the corporate meditation and wellness program is, is live and that's, that's been doing actually quite well. So we're really, really jazzed about all of it. Yeah. Well, definitely send me, I know you sent me some, I think a PowerPoint deck. Mm-hmm. And which I passed along. So yeah, if there's any more new information or as you expand your program, just keep me in, in mind because I'd love to share it with my friends. Thank you so much, Kalika. We honestly, it's been such a wonderful thing just being able to sit here and, and chat with you and learn from you and and really just be in your presence because honestly I'm 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 so grateful to know people like you. You are an inspiration to so many people. And it's it's you know, if I had to sum it up, it's because I like to do that. It's it's about really going, okay, I have this vision. I'm setting an intention. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to make mistakes along the way, but I'm not going to make those mistakes again. I'm going to learn from them and move on. And all the while, I'm going to I'm going to throw a ladder down as I as I climb and raise myself up. It's about, you know, a rising tide raises all ships. I'm going to reach back and help other people come up with me. That is just such an amazing perspective. And from what I'm looking at, that is your perspective. I'm not talking about me right now. I'm talking about you. And that's, it's just so amazing. So thank you so much for being here with us today. As a closing thought for my listeners, what would you say is the most important tip of advice for them to take with them today with respect to believing in themselves, moving forward, et cetera, just off the top of your head, what would you say if someone was like, I really want to do this, but I, I just don't know. Everyone can do it. You know, like, I think that people don't realize the divine wisdom that is really innate. You know what it's like? I was cleaning my mirror this morning, you know, it's like that. It's just sometimes you don't realize how beautiful and how special and how phenomenal you are. You are an extraordinary human being. And just remember that, you know, but sometimes, you know, it gets a little dirty, you know, like some of our beliefs, you know, get gets us clouded and you don't realize deep down inside, you know, there is divine love in your center of center. There is a divine power that is stronger than, you know, like you said, our our thoughts or, or, or just this human body. And that the mind is a terrible master, but a wonderful slave. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. The mind is a terrible master, but a wonderful slave or servant. Or servant. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Kalika, thank you so much for being thank here. Thank you. Um, for those of you listening right now, you can find Kalika on all the major podcast players. It's the EO podcast, oh, the Wonder Podcast by EO, right? Please go ahead and, and, and pick up her book, The Little Brand Book. You can find that on Amazon and anywhere else that they can be looking for your book. HarperCollins website, maybe, okay. but there you I, go. Think, I think Amazon is cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> Harper, well, HarperCollins or Amazon, whichever, whichever you prefer. Kalika, thank you so much. It's been thank so you. Thank you. And thank you for the meditation earlier. My absolute so pleasure. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Enhanced Living Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, feel free to reach me directly at enhancedliving.net. Thanks for listening. <laughs>